0: Okay, with Sean Whitley, the Paranoid Prankster, Case File Number One, uh, Bigfoot. It's a screenplay from the Comedy Film Festival. I guess it's a screenplay about Bigfoot, right, Sean? Ah, uh, yes.
1: Yeah, so well, that was the first topic. It's a uh, considered a pilot, I guess you would say, for a potential comedy series that would take on various paranormal topics. But I, I've had an interest in Bigfoot since I was a little kid, and uh, that was the first one I, I tackled.
0: So Then okay, so the case file number one. So your case file two would be like the Loch Ness Monster case, yeah. File that's where the one I'm working
1: on right now would be about aliens, I guess you'd say.
0: Uh, so, yeah, UFO, okay, aliens would be number two. So, yeah, how many of you, how many Do you outlines do you have for, for certain episodes?
1: Uh, right now, I've only got these two. This kind of came up kind of spontaneously. Um, I deal with a lot of crazy traffic, uh, with commutes in the morning. And just kind of came up with this goofy idea that I thought would be a one-off. And I thought, well, wait a minute, this could become a whole series. Uh, You know, really comedic and over-the-top, kind of smart-alecky type behavior. So it just literally came together so quickly in my head. I like to see I get these ideas in my head. And I have to exercise them, almost like someone becomes possessed. Not necessarily with a demon, but with a crazy story idea. And it has to come out. So what's the tone uh, in terms of the comedy? Like,
0: What kind of like style and tone is this particular story?
1: Just kind of wacky and over the top. Um, I've got a lot of friends that have interest in the paranormal, and I actually made a documentary about Bigfoot many years ago called Southern Fried Bigfoot, which is not a recipe, but a documentary about the Bigfoot legends of the American South that I later licensed to Discovery for their Destination America channel. So I've got a lot of friends who are in various aspects of the paranormal, whether it be cryptozoology, uh, the search for unknown animals such as Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, as you've mentioned, or ghost and the, you know, the paranormal, UFOs, that sort of thing. So I've got a lot of friends. So a lot of times when I'm stuck in traffic, I'll put on some type of paranormal podcast. And a lot of times with these podcasts, you will see extremes in behavior, whether it's from the believer side or the skeptic side. So I, you know, I'd like to say, at least in this first script I wrote for the paranormal Prankster. It's almost, I feel as if there needs to be a little bit more humor brought into the world of the paranormal. Uh, take a deep breath. Don't take things so seriously sometimes. And as I said, you see extreme behavior and just thought, well, let's, let's have a little fun with this. And I've got friends that have a really good sense of humor who are in the paranormal. And you don't really see that come out a lot. So I just thought, you know, this is kind of my tribute to a lot of my friends who put up with internet trolls, whether they be believers or skeptics or what have you. I just thought there was a lot of comedy to be mine there.
0: Well I'm mean, just a general statement or a question for you is that aren't most like conspiracy theorists humorless people they're not generally yes, that, they're, they're not gen- generally comedic people they're not generally the ones who laugh they're kind of thinking the world's against them and something that is a secret and
1: the government is conspiring to to bring them down blah 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 there are some like that i wouldn't say everyone is but yes there's a lot of that and there's also i think there's also the uh, general thought that most skeptics are humorless and things like that. And there are people like that. It's really, again, just a matter of, Hey, let's take a deep breath and have some fun with the subject. And, you know, just uh, it's, it's kind of a goofy, almost like a 10 year old kid sense of humor to the whole thing. So because the, the paranormal podcasts
0: are very popular, I guess. Right.
1: Oh, definitely. We're, yes.
0: And it's people love, like we we I guess we're in the, in the era of conspiracy theorists. Like we were, it's at its highest level it's ever been, I guess. Right
1: it seems like it i'm, I'm not a big uh, fan of conspiracies myself because my my uh experience with people is that no one seems to be able to shut their mouths about anything so uh <laughs> I that's my right whole that.
0: point that's like i exactly. always make like that point right
1: yeah exactly
0: it's like the 9-11 conspiracy like the, there's like these the, like these hundreds of people just like all got all colluded to basically not say anything about it that seems little that seems a little that seems pretty crazy
1: right exactly my first script gets into that and that not only makes fun of skeptics but it makes fun of like really over the top violent yeah. believers as well because uh there's a lot of that as i said to be mined and i've had friends still with both sides of that and i just thought uh, yeah this would be a kind of a fun idea for a story
0: and so the you, why did you choose bigfoot to be your first episode
1: uh, it was probably the most easiest and the closest to my heart since i was a little kid i've always had a, a fascination or obsession with the topic of bigfoot uh, and it was just fun. I just uh, thought, you know, uh, Bigfoot, whether you think it's real or fake or just a myth or a legend, it just seems like, you know, to me, Bigfoot is the ultimate fun, as I call him in the script, every monster. You know, the, the way the title character, the Paranormal Prankster, portrays Bigfoot is this fun-loving goofball that is just out there to have fun. And, you know, if you don't believe in him, so be it. But, uh, you know, he just is out there to have fun and goof around and just uh, basically... Make an internet troll's life hell, <laughs> who's done the same thing to other people. So it's just kind of turning the tables on someone who's been a troll, but in a really goofy, over the top way. Who? Yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah, it's like tone wise, it's like let's try, trying to find that that line though, but it, it works really
1: well. So, big, do you believe in Bigfoot? I keep an open mind. That's always been my my line. I can't say 100% <laughs> believe. I can't say 100% disbelief. So we
0: showed a film. Speaking of conspiracy theorists, that. That basically that Bigfoot, it does exist, but then there's a conspiracy to keep it that the environmentalists have kind of like make sure that nobody knows where he is because they don't want the government to capture him.
1: Oh, yes. I've heard a lot of those conspiracy theories. I've also heard the one that the timber industry knows about it and they're keeping under wraps because if it was proven to be real. That would destroy the timber industry. How would would that destroy
0: the the timber industry?
1: Uh, Because it would be considered an endangered species and that would stop logging.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: So it's like so I
0: heard the op, I heard the leftist point of view, that's kind of a rightist point of view, right? From the from a right. capitalistic point of view, I guess, right?
1: Exactly. Because the more you dig, the more deeper you go to the rabbit hole, the more convoluted it can become.
0: Yeah. But it would be cool if one of these things like exi- does exist, eh? But then nobody would believe it if they if it did, right? That's the whole problem now. Probably not with today's technology. So yeah, so really cool. So when did you start writing? Like when did you start like writing screenplays?
1: Uh, Well, actually, I started writing screenplays probably 30-something years ago. Um, I've worked a lot as a writer in my professional career. Um, I've written for true crime shows. I've written for uh, English language adaptations of Japanese anime shows in my career. I've done a lot of writing. I mean, I mostly write today for fun for the most part. Uh, I do work in, in cable TV primarily. But for the most part, I'll just write little fun projects for myself. And for this particular project... I think I probably got the idea last fall or so Uh, started as an idea. What if say a Bigfoot or Sasquatch got into a debate with a skeptic? And of course, I start working out in my head and I'm like, well, how would he how would this Bigfoot have an Internet connection? How would he talk on a phone or English? And that kind of delved that kind of changed into the idea of well, what's a human being in a costume goofing on somebody. And I thought, okay, this could lead into other subjects like ghosts and aliens and 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 what have you. So I think I started last fall. Uh, just worked it out in my head for maybe a month or two, and then wrote it. Maybe oh Lord, maybe took me two or three weeks possibly.
0: So I mean, it's a uh,
1: short. It's maybe I think 26, 27 pages.
0: So so according to your like IMDb, you've written a lot, a lot of television. Are you uh, are you uh, a member, uh, uh, a union member? Are You on the strike right now?
1: I'm uh, I'm not a union member but I support I support what people are doing with the strike.
0: So you work for like kind of like a like an indie kind of brand I guess or I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I well I work in cable TV as, a, as an EP for a network. So um, okay. we do a lot of unscripted and things like that. So yeah, I'm not really writing as it for a living anymore. Again as I said I'm just doing it for fun these days.
0: Gotcha. So but but you but you have ex- you've had experience I guess in the past I guess, right?
1: Yes, I have
0: and so and so like and, and what you got you did you started you did anime you were you're you're you were saying as well like anime shows
1: uh years ago yes i did a lot of english language adaptations of japanese anime series i had a little side career doing that for many years
0: so how does that work then you just the the anime shows in japanese and then you kind of translate it or oh
1: you know, well, yeah it's kind of interesting you would get a really rough japanese to english translation script uh but of course there's so many differences in the language where what you'd have to do, you have to act out every part so it matches the lip flaps. And you also have to make sure it, it, it's an adaptation. It's not a straight you know, translation. It's like you can't say the same things in Japanese that you can say in English. So you would do it almost so that it's true to the spirit of the story, but it's an adaptation. So it at least, you know, um, it's almost like it is not, again, it's not a straight translation. You have to almost like, again, you have to, I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. You have to stay true to the spirit of the story, not changing too much, but changing enough where it makes sense for an English-language audience. So that's that's. And I've done a few live-action movies as well. So that's easier said than done. Oh yeah, it's an art. You get better at it. it. is It is a learning process. I can tell you that. So one one would assume that you know the
0: culture, the Japanese culture, uh, like a
1: lot. Um, of- I picked up some, I'd say, I can't say, I'm not going to say I'm a 100% expert at it, but you pick up certain things here and there.
0: No, but in terms of like the tone and the style and like what their interpretation, like figuring out how to translate that, like you, you have to, I guess one would assume you have to know like that, like their kind of communication style,
1: I guess, right? Usually, and I said, it's like it's like, just like the whole scriptwriting process in that type of genre. You pick it up after a while as well. You pick up little little hints there, here, and there, and you kind of okay, this is going to be a comedy. You know what they're talking about at this point. Yeah. this type of nuance, that sort of thing. So yes, you do pick it up after a while.
0: That's that's really cool. It's like uh, kind of like and you
1: just kind of land like 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 spontaneously landed that job then or. Yeah, I didn't go out for it. It's just something I long it would take too long to explain how and when, but I did that for numerous years, and actually ended up writing the dub script for uh, the last Japanese Godzilla movie, uh, two thousand sixteen Shin Godzilla, because of the anime gig many years ago. That was like it was kind of a highlight of my career. It was kind of wild. It's just like I loved Godzilla as a kid, and if you told me when I was a little kid I would be contributing in some small way to the Godzilla cinematic legacy, I wouldn't have believed you.
0: And so that was like a live, that's like a huge, like a live action kind of feature film, I guess, right?
1: Oh, yeah. That took almost a month to do. It was a crazy, crazy schedule. I got the gig and I was told you have basically less than a month to write the script. And I think I, I I wrote, I think I had like 28 days to get it done. I worked 23 days consecutively, if memory serves me correctly, on that project from about 6 a.m. in the morning to about 6 p.m. at night. And that's like, uh, that's
0: a Pretty 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 like okay budget film, right? Like it made a ton of money, right?
1: I guess. I mean, I just did the English language adaptation. It had already been released in Japan at that part, at that point. But when they sent it over here to the States, they needed an English language dub script. Yeah. So when they could release the English version. So yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was just fast and furious. And again, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it was really hard work
0: that's awesome yeah i mean so you're like like but it's like that's like they say like it's, it's got huge ratings like really high ratings on like even imdb people like like the interpretation so yeah, yeah that's pretty cool nuts. and you did, did you also do work on the the uh aaron hernandez uh, story as well
1: uh, i did a few of those yeah for for a true crime show called uh, murder made me famous uh years ago i worked on a lot of those i was a uh producer on the show. And I'd occasionally write a few episodes as well.
0: So how does that, how did that work?
1: Uh, well, as a producer, we would, you know, do different subjects, of course, and uh, we'd get assignments. Okay. You're going to write this episode, that episode. And it was a lot of research involved. Um, uh, you know, basically uh, magazine articles, newspaper articles, interviews with people that were involved with the story in, in real life, of course. And uh, not only were you writing the narration, you were writing the recrees that we would shoot with actors. Uh, was usually on the set for those as well, long nights, that sort of thing. Uh, crazy. But the recreation
0: kind of, of like of like their
1: their lives, like exactly, exactly. We would you know it was interspersed between interviews and and news footage and archive footage and things like that, and certain recrees we'd put in certain you know key moments in their lives.
0: And you did Amy Fisher, right? Amy Fisher. Oh yes, we're, we're we're both old enough to remember her. She oh was, yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> the one who tried to
0: take the, yeah. she's the one who chopped off her boyfriend's penis, right? No, that was, uh,
1: that was uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, Amy Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. Who was
0: Amy Fisher again? Yeah. Because then there's a couple of movies Fisher was,
1: Yeah, there's like three at the same time. She was the yeah. girl in Long Island who uh, had an affair with an older married man and shot his wife. The wife lived. Joey Buttafuco He was oh, famous Buttafuku, for gotcha, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm convinced because they they made a movie because his last name was Buttafuoco. It was just so, it was like I such a so. catchy name.
1: Yeah. That was a running joke for, I don't know, about 30 years ago for maybe two weeks.
0: Yeah. They made like two movies at the same time, right? Drew Barrymore was one, was Amy I, Fisher in one of them, right? Yeah.
1: I think there were three movies at the same time,
0: actually. Why? And people were just fascinated with it, right? So.
1: Yeah. It was in the news.
0: And then Aaron Hernandez is like, he's horrific. I got some. I got as a football fan. I got some crazy. I my I I have interesting opinions of him, but it's just he's, he's such a tragic figure.
1: Yeah, there's just uh, so much of that, and uh, kind of when you work in true crime after a while, it kind of gets to you. And you're like, man, it's kind of a dark world we live in, and especially when you're dealing with say serial killers, that's you kind of realize you've probably passed one in your life uh, okay. on the street and didn't realize it.
0: And who is the who is the dating game killer?
1: Oh, that was uh, Rodney Alcala. He was a, uh, this is a really weird story. He actually made it on the dating game back in the 70s. And he'd killed numerous people at that point and been in prison. But uh, the thing is, back in the 70s, they weren't doing background checks. And he actually won the date with the, uh, the Bachelorette on that show. But she got weird vibes from him and never went out with him, thankfully. And I think after that, he killed at least three or four other people before he finally got captured. And he died in prison, I think, in the last two to three years.
0: That's a movie really? right there.
1: Yeah. No, they've made several movies based on. Have it. they?
0: Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even heard of it. Like, I mean, like that's like a Hollywood movie right there.
1: Yeah. It's he was a messed up guy.
0: Man. So you just like like you're just like a writer, like you just do all these kind of random things, and like obviously you're talented, and you get hired, and it's like that's such a really interesting career you have had for yourself.
1: Yeah. It's it's been very varied. As I said, I've worked with <laughs> serial killers in Godzilla. And bigfoot and things like that so i'm uh you know it's kind of a strange uh strange career but I, I can't complain i've been able to do it from texas for the most part
0: and oh so you write really where do you live in texas like like
1: i'm in dallas i'm in dallas
0: okay cool yeah that's it's like such an interesting like it's just like uh and then you just kind of like they just hire you and then ask you for writing assignments and you send it in like you don't no, have to I know, go, actually have to of so go like to Los Angeles to like kind of like have a conversation with somebody.
1: No, not usually not. As I said, I'm not doing much writing anymore except for myself. But I used to work as a field producer a lot as well, and I did used to travel quite a bit. I'm not doing a lot of that anymore. But I used to shoot all over the country, uh, occasionally out of the country. But uh, you know, I've kind of segmented more now to just uh, executive producing basically from an office. Uh, but I've had a good career. I can't complain.
0: So what do you what do you play? Well, so far, because you still got a long way to go, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so what do you what did you what like? So what motivated you to send to like uh, to film festivals and screenplay contests for your where this? You're just looking for kind of like a gauge of where it's at, getting some award wins. What was your motivation?
1: It, exactly. The gauge where it's at. I just wrote this goofy little script and I've written another you know, feature screenplays and stuff like that. I've never sold anything at uh, that level, of course. But I just wanted to write this goofy little script, and you know, I've, I've entered, I've had this place in other comedy film festivals, and I thought, okay, it's crazy. Let's see if anyone you know thinks it's funny aside from myself. And I've had a lot of luck with it recently. In fact, I just just got an email about twenty minutes before I got on with you that it it's that uh, progressed to semifinalists at the uh, Dallas uh, International Film Festival's uh, screenwriting competition this year. So it's just although it's getting like winning wins all over the place then. Yeah, it's, this is, I think it's placed in like 12 different fests this year, uh, which is, which is wild. So it's like this goofball script. I mean, I really had no plans for it. It just popped up in my head one day and it's going to write this goofy script with, you know, insane humor. Uh, you know, again, there was no plan for it. It just happened. And somehow it's been placing and doing well. And now it's like, if you can open some doors for me or, you know, introducing me to some people. Great. Fantastic. And if it makes people laugh, even better.
0: And so would you ideally want to turn us to do a show?
1: I think so. I think it could be a, a funny comedy as long as we could keep the humor up with various subjects. So, you know, again, it's got a it's kind of smart athlete sense of humor. My, my sense of humor really hasn't changed much since I've been 10 years old. Um, so it's kind of got that juvenile, goofy, let's drive people crazy type of humor. Um, so, you know, it's definitely not it's not high art. It's not the kind of thing you're going to see, you know shown on IFC or or anything like that but it definitely is a who knows you know but it's I'm there just to make people laugh
0: yeah but at the same time thematically you're talking about like like what's going on in our society with these type of podcasts in terms of people's like ideology about about like secrets and you know and government and like in in conspiracies like it's it's a timely script in terms of like you're just telling it from the lens of of being goofy and funny, but still, it's like thematically, it's a, it's it's really about our era that we live in now.
1: You just made my goofy script sound a lot deeper than it actually is, so thank you.
0: Well, that's what that's how you got to pitch it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you very much.
0: No, but like think about all the really crazy goofy, like uh, whatever, like Anchorman's about, you know, women's rights, rights in the world. right,
1: right, right.
0: right? Yeah, but there's always like it's, it has a strong like thematic, it, or it, like there's there, people will emotionally care for it, like so even subconsciously, right? Like because they'll because it's about something.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's ser- seriously, thank you very much. I didn't even you put that in a really nice way that I wasn't even thinking about on another level. So thank you. That really helps me out actually. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, because people are, are are getting a little uh, crazy. Let's put it that way.
1: It, they are. <laughs> you're you're correct. That's right.
0: And we're the demographic it's always like the 40 year old white man who you know what I mean like that's who the conspiracy is generally speaking is
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah'm I'm, I'm putting you in the box that I'm in right now so right you're kind <laughs> you know what I mean it's always it's always that type of, of person generation X white no, male, right? exactly
1: and it was that's there's a lot of pop culture references that kind of fit that age as well in the script.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe what what is it? What is it like? Because we're just like the lucky generation. And nobody thinks about us anymore. And I guess I don't know.
1: But yeah, it's definitely the the humor is a certain type. Hits a certain age as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, congratulations on the wins. It looks like it's doing well, and uh, it looks like it should be like when you push it to your agent and etc. You always you have a you obviously have a, a, a plethora of uh, of writing credits. So like it should this should take you take you to the next level in a lot of
1: ways. Oh, I hope so. And thank you so much for that.
0: All right. Well, congratulations. Enjoy enjoy uh, Dallas, Texas even more. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You take
1: care. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. One,
0: two, three, four, five, six.